So this is the this is the brand new Sling the Biscuit podcast. This is the the new one? It's been a while since we did any type of podcasting program. I think about five weeks since any episode has come out. I want to say first off, everybody listening, thank you so much for coming back. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, but hopefully you like the the new podcasting program. I'm a little bit nervous. I got uh, I got our new co-host for today. He's a young, he's lean, he's well educated, well versed, a lot more than me. I'd like to welcome Mr. Dave Wheeler to the Sling the Biscuit podcasting program. Thank you for having me on the show today, sir. It is a pleasure. I have been a follower of your YouTube channel for quite some time, and it has been fun watching your journey throughout uh, throughout the hockey world, traveling transcontinentally and back home. So I don't blame you for not doing a podcast. That's what summer is for, for hockey players to relax. Yeah, and I got some stuff to share with you today. I think I think you'll like, and I think that the, the people listening, whether you're audio version, Apple, Spotify, Google, the video version on YouTube, which is back, uh, I got some stuff that... Um, I think everybody's gonna like. Everybody's really gonna enjoy. A little exclusive here if you're on the video version. I got the new dog right here beside me. I got my podcast and beagle. If you're in the car, if you're on Apple, Spotify, you can't see that. But that's okay. Mr. Wheeler is looking great in the studio in the Energy 106 studio. My dad, Dave, is a local radio host in Winnipeg. If you're not from Winnipeg, in my personal opinion, probably the top radio morning show host over the last ten years. I would say some people may disagree, but that's my hot take, and that's why uh, I'm privileged to have him here on the podcast and program today. From your lips to God's ears, sir. <laughs> well why don't we start off first off um so for the podcast program moving forward uh dave isn't going to be uh, my co-host for every single episode he was just nice enough to fill in because i didn't have a co-host for today um and i think every episode is going to change it'll be a little bit different so maybe dave this week uh next week my boy rob alon rob from butt ends he might fill in maybe we'll have a guest i'll always want to have somebody in the podcasting conversation so it's not just myself i think there's nothing worse out there than a podcast where it's just one person talking and it's that conversation with themselves for 45 minutes just not for me and hopefully uh, if you're listening for the first time in, in the last little bit this will be for you and um yeah so without further ado let's let's get into i guess today's topics i guess we got uh we got some news we got some signings we got some hockey talk to get to all this kind of stuff i know that uh Maybe Dave's and a lot of people listening have only seen kind of my hockey journey from from the outside, from seeing um, what I post on YouTube, what I share online. But um, the podcast version, I want to be a little bit more of an exclusive. Maybe you know the videos on YouTube put up you know twenty, thirty, forty thousand views a piece, and uh, obviously my agent's been telling me these days, "Hey, careful what you say." Like we're trying to get you a deal here, right? We gotta gotta keep things in check on the podcast. Let a little, little bit looser. So, um, actually, funny enough, so today uh, I got a call from my agent. Uh, there's interest from a team in Norway, and a team in Norway that um, uh, is having some like visa issues with players, and also uh, a guy or a team in Sweden that we talked to about a month ago. They weren't interested at all, but they're having a problem finding, I guess, a goalie. But a lot of teams don't want to take imports because uh, of the new import rules. And if you're not familiar, if you haven't been following along with the, the hockey Sweden rules, Sweden has really been the only country the last little bit where they allow you know, people to come in on like a 90-day tourist uh, permit. You can come and go as you please, which is why there's typically so many imports playing in hockey Sweden and you know Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and whatnot. But this year they changed the rule where everybody has to have a visa and the team pays for it and the team applies for it. So a lot of teams are like, well, every single player, that's about a... I'm going to say $2,000 investment between applying for the visa, the insurance, all that other kind of stuff. So a lot of teams are really trying not to bring in imports, which they say is to clean up Swedish hockey. I think it's just to kind of get a lot of the imports out, my personal hot take. But um, there's been a couple teams like that, that that are interested, and then they start realizing, oh, we have to pay the money, and they're just not uh, they're just not down with that. It's, it's interesting. I'm... Uh... 
it's something that's always fascinated me, especially when the strike happened years ago in the NHL and a lot of guys bailed and jumped ship and went over and played uh, over in Europe in numerous leagues. And they didn't seem to have a problem then. They they were very, very quick on the on the trigger to get all those visas and whatever they needed to get those players over. And it always kind of bothered me because those guys who were workers and had jobs were quickly shuffled aside for these NHL players who were who were out of work. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, too, like even in this situation, let's say you have an import like myself who obviously I'm biased. Right? I, I think I belong at a certain level and I can play at a certain level, but maybe they might quote unquote downgrade because it costs them less money. Like there's there's one team that was actually in our series this season and they were a top three team. They're a very, very offensively talented team. Like they're, they're putting up 40, 45 shots every night. Actually, they were the one team that uh, I mentioned to you, Dave. They put up 60 shots on me one night and they put up 45 another. They were a very offensively talented team. Um, but around Christmas time, all the teams reset, the, um, the series reset, so new teams get formatted with other new teams, and you're playing for advancement. And when you're playing tougher teams, that team's goaltending wasn't really really strong, and they're giving up 9, 10, 13 goals a game. Like, it's tough to watch. And talking to the, to the team management, hey, I'll come play for you. I'll come stop some pucks for you. I mean, I can't be worse than the last guy. We're going to wait. We don't want to spend the money, transfer cards, the visa, all the kind of stuff. It's a, it's an interesting world. It's almost at this point and at this level, it's not even necessarily about being able to stop a puck, be able to play hockey, more so like the, the business side of things. What's it going to cost? Is it worth the money for, for these teams that are on tight budgets to bring in a guy like me or any other import? I know a lot of imports, guys that are putting up a point, point and a half per game during a season, you know, 20 goal or 30 goals in 20 games, they're not even getting a sniff, no offers at all. Like it's a just a bad, bad year for the market. Well, this is something you might uh, remember, um, and some people out there as well, but on the original Nintendo Entertainment System, there was good old ice hockey. And when you were setting up your team, you had your option of your skinny guy, your medium guy, and then your fat guy. And I think it's if you can break it down to something as simple as that is do you fill your team with a whole bunch of skinny guys, a whole bunch of medium guys, or a whole bunch of fat guys, or do you try and find a balance in in this system? And, and hockey is no different. I mean, everyone's got a salary cap uh, over in Europe. I know it's a little bit different as far as uh, you know what teams have money and what teams don't. But where do you spend the money? Where can you afford to? Cut a little bit of talent to for for the sake of putting some money in your pocket because I think that's one that's one thing a lot of people forget is hockey ownership isn't in it for for shits and giggles they're they're in it to make money they're in it to put butts in the seats and sure there's maybe the odd one that uses it as a tax write-off but for the most part these guys buy hockey teams because they see it as a viable investment and so spending x amount of dollars on on your team um if it's not if you're going to be spending more than you're making that's just not good business practice period for anybody I mean, any business at all. It doesn't matter whether you're you're owning a hockey team in Sweden and North America, or if you own the Staples down the street. If you know your bottom line is in the hole and you're underwater, that's that's not good for the bottom line. It's not good for business in general. It's no different with with hockey, right? So, I think too, I think in obviously I'm biased, but a lot of management don't understand the value in, in having a really really good goalie. I mean, you would think that a lot would, but you know, when you start when like when you're the one cutting the checks, you start okay, maybe I can pinch a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there, and I think it, it shows in the market. Like there was um, there was a guy I was talking to the other day, um, who, who's taking over a team like as a general manager, and he says, "Do you have any players that like forwards you'd be able to bring with you?" I said, "Sure." I I recommended three or four guys that were in my series this year. I said, "All these guys don't have a single sniff, nothing." Point per game, goal and a half per game, like really good players. We're good. We we got lots of those. Like you got lots of those. Where where are you getting these guys from? You know what I mean? Like it's just a crazy world, especially business wise as well. 
Well, I mean, it comes down to supply and demand, too. So, I mean, if there's uh, if there's five goaltenders lined up and they're all of the same caliber uh, and one of them says, I'll take less money to play on the team, guess which one's getting chosen? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually talked to a coach or a general manager the other day. We were talking about that. And uh, so they made an offer. Uh, the salary was $125 a week. Um, it may, maybe it'll be a little podcast exclusive. So this deal, uh, we did end up signing this deal in North America uh, in the Fed. So my salary is $125 a week. Uh, and it was also contingent on the, on the option that uh, I commit to this team in this league, but I can go to Europe. I can go to anywhere else. I just need commitment for, for, for this side of things. And same thing, just a, a lot of players that probably could play that, that are not going to play. And business, like business-wise, like, like we just mentioned, when you're paying everybody 125 bucks a week, well, everybody wants a $50 raise. Well, you times that 50 bucks by 20 players, by all these, you know, all the other expenses, like it's business, man. It's, it's, it's a tough business. Now, I, okay, so out of curiosity, when you say, just to give people an idea, $125 a week, so we're looking at uh, $500 a month, does that include room and board? Yeah, that's actually a good question. Thanks for mentioning that, Dave. So the offer on for my end, um, so $125 US a week, uh, which is a lot of money in Canada these days. So $125 a week cash, or I think it might be direct deposit. I don't know. I asked my agent, I said, is it going to be direct deposit or am I going to get into it like in a sock in my stall? And he said, you'll find out come uh, check day. I said, okay, great. So that's lined up. We got uh, apartment is taken care of. So living room or like living room and board. What that is, I don't know. I talked to our, our coach. I said, is it a one bedroom, a two bedroom? Is it a house? He says, we're working on some stuff. We don't know what's going to be cost effective for the team is what you get. So you might live with 10 guys. You might live with one guy. We, we don't know. So that's taken care of uh, sticks. Actually, custom mask was nice. So they're going to cover a custom mask for me this season, which is nice. Um, no pads, no blocker, no glove. i got to earn that. got to make a few saves if I'm going to dip into that kind of money. Uh, team apparel, team bag, the, the usual stuff. I need a new team bag desperately. There's a lot of teams in Sweden that actually don't do team bags. I get tripped all the time because I'm still using my, my bag for my college team in Vancouver Island University. They're like, you still play college? No, I just I haven't played for a team that has enough money to, to get some actual bags. <laughs> but it's, it's a good bag, Dave. I've, I've taken that thing to so many airports. Uh, just, just for the record, five hundred U.S. dollars a month is just shy of six fifty uh, Canadian. Okay, so that's my salary, six fifty. And I don't think there's taxes on that. Maybe, maybe there is. I don't know. I think it's under the table, or maybe I got to get a visa. It's good. These are all questions that I probably should have asked before signing the deal, but that's okay. We're gonna figure it out right now, live on the podcast and program for this week. Well, well it's funny when you mentioned that uh, you know they're not quite sure what the living situation is gonna be. I don't think a lot of people uh, realize that um, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, which is a independent baseball team in Winnipeg, plays in the uh, the independent league. Uh, it's, it's about the equivalent of Double A ball uh, for those that are familiar with the hierarchy of baseball. There's guys that live at the park, like they have dormitories set up at the park because these guys aren't making big scratch. You know, so if they can save a few dollars and, and live on site and not have to travel and eat there, that's, uh, I mean, it, it, it's an old cliche, but it literally is for the love of the game. You know, we're not doing it because there's a lot of money involved. It's because, like, this is, like, the greatest thing to do. Like, like I mean, if, if you would have told, let's say, like, four-year-old myself or, or anybody else who's, like, playing hockey and you tell the version of them when they were, like, 10 years old when they first started, like, hey, you can play hockey for a living. Yeah, you know what? You're not going to be making 500 grand a year. You might be making 500 a week. But you're going to live pretty cheap for the most part. You get a little bit of fun money on the side. And as long as you can find some way to buy some food when you need it here and there, you're set. Like, I think a lot of people would take that offer. Well, it's interesting. I mean, there's guys that I played hockey with in my hometown in northern Alberta who, in, in my opinion at the time, had, had a lot of talent. And, uh, you know, were some of the better players on the team. But uh, we had a situation where in Fort McMurray we had Syncrude and Suncor that were offering – 
a hundred thousand dollars a year to start as an apprentice and you know do you want to go grind it out and travel all across the world and like you said kind of scrape between the the seat cushions for uh, for change to grab something to eat or do you want to you want to live pretty well at, at 18 19 years old or 20 when you're done your junior career and i think uh, you know the money a lot of times wins out absolutely you know it's kind of funny like thinking about it now i think i was making more money in like playing junior like being paid for junior than <laughs> i think i'm gonna be like this season for playing pro I think I was getting, I think I was getting four to five hundred a week. Was it a week? Or was it a month? I think it was four to five hundred a month, um, like for for junior hockey. You now five hundred a month for for pro. So it's kind of puts into perspective, like like you the said. Most I, the, the most I ever remember, and keep in mind, I was playing uh, hockey back in the in the nineties. But the guy I remember get, getting paid the most in junior was Trevor Anderson. He was our goaltender. He was. Uh, and listen, I'm the, I don't need to tell you how how goalies are a little bit different, uh, but. He didn't wear he he didn't wear your standard mask. He wore a player's helmet with a visor, like like with a, with a full full face visor. That's one thing I remember about this guy. But he was getting paid a thousand dollars a month in junior hockey, junior right, tier two hockey. I'm, I'm Back in '97, I'm trying to picture like we're talking like the cage is like a full like plastic shield, or we're talking like just a player helmet. A play, player player helmet with a with a plastic shield like like with a, with a plastic visor like like a, you would see like a lot of uh, Team Canada uh, uh, women wear. That's what he okay, wore. I, got, I gotcha. I gotcha. You know, and he just he, he just had his field decision to better. He didn't like having bars in front of his eyes, and so that was that was his answer. There's a couple guys like that, like Timmy Thomas. I know he was big for like having like the mobility down by his feet to like have less in the chin area of his mask. There's a lot of guys like that, but you know, I find. When you start getting like to the higher levels and you talk to guys like about uh, different gear choices, like they don't have like a rhyme or reason. They just, oh, it works for me or it doesn't work for me. Like, like it's very interesting to see like how how many pro guys actually have no idea like what they wear or like why they're or like like why um, it's constructed the way that it is. They just know that it works or it doesn't. It's kind of like the the sword of Excalibur. You pull it out, you're the chosen one. You're not. It's it's, it's really fascinating. At least on. So I had another another goaltender who, uh, if we can get into goaltender stories, my God, we could go for hours. But I had another goaltender uh, that didn't like wearing socks in his goalie skates, but he didn't like going barefoot either. So he actually wore women's pantyhose. So there was that barrier <laughs> in between. I'm, I'm dead serious. We called him soft and silky. <laughs> <laughs> so he's wearing ladies' undergarments for for his, inside of his skates. Yes, just to have that barrier in between his foot and the skate, as thin as wow. possible. <laughs> hey, if it works, it works. They don't ask how, right? They ask how many. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Not exactly your Excalibur story, but uh, you know, it's pantyhose. You know, actually, now, now we're kind of getting the ball rolling on, on that. I was thinking, um, I don't want to say like the word hazings because I, I think that that gives like a bad um, initiation. Like a, yeah, yeah, more like initiation kind of stuff. Like, like I was thinking, like this year we had, we we had one guy on the team. Um, I I don't know why he he came into the room after hours on like a Saturday, fired up a pot of coffee and in Sweden, like if you mess with the coffee maker, that's how you really kind of like ruin a team's chemistry. Like don't don't mess with the coffee maker ever. If like someone's gonna get hurt, so he makes a cup of coffee, like like a pot of coffee, and he takes the, the wet coffee grounds right out of the machine. And dumps them in one of the guy's gloves, so he's got like a, like a glove full of wet, soft, and black coffee grounds, and, and he sat beside. Yeah, he sat beside me in the locker room, and uh, came in the next day. I, I walk in after I do my warm up, and he's got like the look on his face that like he just wants to like throw somebody through a wall. I said, Max, what's wrong? He says, 
<laughs> okay, I'm not gonna talk to him today. Uh, that was that was a good one. And actually, uh, funny enough, sorry, go ahead, Dave. No, no, go ahead. I love these stories. Let's trade back and forth. Like I got, like I said, we could do this for hours. Oh, we we only got so much programming today, but that's okay. We got we got lots more episodes to come. Um, I'll, I'll leave you with this one. Well, I guess two for here. I was at the mall the other day with uh, with my lady, and uh, walking down Polo Park, obviously as you know. And uh, a guy I play AAA with, he bumps in. He's like, "Trav, how you doing? Good to see you. I haven't seen you in a long time." And funny enough, so he was the guy. I think every team has this guy, the team that or the guy that there's just something about him that he asked to be like picked on. Like he just he says dumb things. He does does dumb things, and he just. It's like he's he's asking for you to like take advantage of that, right? So he comes in one day, and keep in mind this is like ten years ago. He comes in, you know, fellas, check this out. I got the brand new Bauer, I guess whatever stick it would have been, probably like a Vapor or Supreme. I can't remember the models back then, but three hundred dollar stick. Check it out, how light it is. It's awesome. Shows the fellas nobody's seen the stick yet. He leaves the room, and so the sticks have like a like a plug on the top, right? So that one of the guys takes the plug out, and I'll leave I'll leave all the names out for. For obvious reasons, but he says, "What? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we piss down the shaft of the stick and then glue the plug back in?" So they, they take the plug out. One of the guys pissed down the shaft of the stick. They, they like hot glue gun the the, the plug back to the stick. And wow. so he, he's so the other guy's on the ice that got the stick, and he's like, "The stick feels a little heavier." And he's skating up and down <laughs> the ice. And you know how, <laughs> you know how like plugs have like that little like gap on the top just in case water is in there. So uh-huh. he's skating, and obviously I see everything as a goaltender. I see him skating on the circles, and I see like little little like droplets coming out of the back of the stick. I I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Oh my goodness, what is going on?" Wow, here? But, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. You know it's. I, I've always been a big fan uh, of the ones that are harmless. You know, no, no, nobody gets hurt in the process. Everyone has a good little chuckle about it. But uh, I, I think back in my days in the 90s, uh, it was still um, okay for the hazing rather than the initiation. And some of the stuff got pretty, uh, got pretty sketchy. But we'll, we'll, we'll keep those stories off of this podcast for now, especially with what <laughs> Hockey Canada is going through and all that kind of stuff. So. Actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. You want to? I know we talked about it on Facetime the other day, but if I could just kind of talk, maybe more so me. I don't want to get you in any any hot water with this kind of stuff, but just the the like the hockey culture in today's game. I, I've seen it change. Obviously, I'm, I'm getting older. I mean, I'm I just turned 26. Um, like right ancient, now, I with a, ancient you are. Oh, I know. I do. I well, I feel like a dinosaur, and I'm going to explain to you why. So. Uh, the pro group that I skate with right now, we got guys, uh, we skate in twice a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays. We have guys who are, you know, 21, 23, my age, 26, but mostly guys in that 20 to 23 ballpark. They just, um, they're finishing up their Western League career, about to go crack pro, NCAA about to go pro or, or somewhere in that ballpark, right? And the guys were just talking about how, like, there's probably like one to two of these like entitled things are going to go my way type of players in, on every team nowadays. And I remember like when I played, it might've been like two to three guys in the league. And I think it's kind of a little bit of a reflection on society. But when we start getting back to the hockey Canada stuff, and, and I don't, I don't know any ins and outs of that. Cause I have as much knowledge as you do, Dave, and as much as the general public does, but just the way that it feels like hockey players are bred to treat other people and treat women specifically. It's like, I was talking to my dad about this in the car the other day, but if, if you cut hockey away, whether you're a D-man putting up a point per game, if you're the star forward who's carrying the team, if you're a star goaltender, whatever, you cut that aside, what do you have left? Nothing. The, like, yeah, it reminds, nothing me of the old, reminds me of the old line from Avengers. Uh, what are you? Play, uh, take, take off the suit and what are you? Playboy, philanthropist, billionaire. <laughs> but unfortunately, most guys aren't like that. You know what? It, it, it starts young. Okay, so keep in mind that when you've got a bunch of young men 
in a locker room, going through puberty, showering together. I mean, and, and not just hockey. I mean, it, it's pretty widespread throughout team sports, but it becomes a very homoerotic atmosphere. And then you've got a lot of teasing. You've got a lot of kids who are developing faster than others. And then there's pointing and there's giggling and there's laughing. And you, 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 you're in this for, for the long haul until you become a young adult. And you've also got this team mentality that despite the fact that you kind of poke fun at each other and whatnot in the locker room, it's still kind of a pack mentality. And you, you, you support each other in, in on and off the ice. I mean, you're, you're a team. You're, 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 whether or not you get along with somebody or not off the ice, you're, you've got their back on the ice. So it's, it's a combination of all these variables coming together and just being this very testosterone-charged situation and more often than not there's there there's pressure on some of these young kids you know even with you know uh, are you a virgin have you been with a girl stuff i mean conversations like that happen and they're not always monitored inside the locker room by somebody who has enough wherewithal to guide a lot of these young, uh, young adolescent kids or young adults through and it just spirals unfortunately into this really horrible toxic culture where people become victims of what I think a lot of times these hockey players don't realize is all that toxic. I, I totally agree with that. I, I think you put that in, in a really good way. I, but I think maybe uh, like when, when guys are growing up, right? Like when you're 14, 15, 16, I can kind of sympathize a little bit because like you don't totally understand like some things. But like when we start getting to like adult territory, right? Like you're, you know, like my is 26. We're talking about like grown adults, 45, 50 who are running the teams. And in Hockey Canada situation, we're cutting checks. We have an actual fund dedicated to money to put aside to to silence people, to shut up. Here's some money. Go away. Have a good time. Um, I, I heard a story the other day. And I got to leave names out and teams out for obvious reasons. I don't want just to come back to so-and-so player. And, and I, I talked to Dave about this on FaceTime the other day. But at, at the skate that I do, one of the guys plays NCAA. Um, and he mentioned that his team uh, had committed a player this season who had three sexual assault charges in the last 12 months and the team is just dishing out money like hey like like be quiet and it just like i can't imagine like being a person who would who would do that to somebody especially like three times in one year and then also being the coach being the i guess the people in charge at the higher level of this you know ncaa program or or whatever again trying to keep it confidential here that says okay how many felonies do you have two but can you make a good first pass Right? How's your first path? How's your first three strides? Like, and, and it, it's just an, it just it bugs me. I've seen this a lot in the last little bit. And it just bugged me. I wanted to I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Okay. Well, this well, this also goes back to our initial conversation about you know guys that are investing and wanting to make money in business people, and the priority is can they put the puck in the net? Can they stop the puck? Can they can they produce on the ice? And any issues outside of that? How big are these issues? And they look at the issues and they go, okay. Can we put this to bed? Can they be managed? Can they be uh, controlled? Can we make sure we keep them out of trouble despite the trouble in the past? And if those, the answers to those questions are yes, sometimes the talent outweighs some of those problems too. I mean, look, we've seen uh, you know, the NFL is chock full of, 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 of convicts, guys that have spent time. I mean, it's true. It's unfortunate. NBA uh, has the same thing. There's a, there's a handful of guys in a lot of professional leagues, including hockey, who have gotten into trouble. Some of them have had it swept under the rug. Some of them haven't. But it's certainly... Uh, kept outside of the media because you want this person to be a darling and you want to sell jerseys so it comes down again to that initial investment can is is the talent bigger than the problem 
Yeah, or like you mentioned, not even necessarily being able to put the problem away, but like, can we, do we have the funds to silence people to make it, make sure it's not a problem so we can continue to put up points, put up wins and make money as, as a business? Sure. It's just, yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the, I think that was the, the most striking revelation that came out of this whole Hockey Canada thing was that there was a fund put aside for for liabilities, insurance liabilities, and misconduct uh, accusations. And I'm not saying that 100% of these accusations are, are, you know, that hold water. But I think we can say that a good number of them probably do. Uh, and, and unfortunately, there are some people out there that maybe knew that they could get paid out if they made an accusation and decided to go that way. It's not impossible. We've seen that happen before. Uh, we just saw it happen recently in court with two very large Hollywood stars. So I'm not saying that all of them don't hold water, but it's unfortunate that they even have to have a situation to have a fund for that type of thing. Yeah, and, and it might be maybe people reading into it too much and, and trying to come up with the headline for for the media, but when like you mentioned it's come out that they've you know paid so and so off and now that they've had their money they want to come out and they want to come forward it's like you have to think that this kind of stuff happens i mean i've skated with like there there was a player who uh top five pick let's say in the last 10 years so that way it doesn't give specifics because the, the the guy that i've been skating with recently who was a top 20 pick he's an absolutely fantastic guy owen pickering shout out to him unreal defenseman by the way but, but that's not who we're talking about we're not talking about Picks. Picks is a fantastic guy. By the way, just signed a contract. Dude just made himself a hundred thousand dollars, and he gave me shit on Instagram for uh, not coming to uh, like one of the skates the other day. I, I had to bail last minute. He says, "Trav, come on, buddy, don't let it ever happen again." I said, "Yes, Picks. I will not. I will never not show up to a skate ever again." Sorry. I wonder if he's going to buy with that hundred thousand, or sorry, ninety-eight five. Uh, I think the answer is whatever he wants. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know you haven't had a chance to listen to some of the earlier episodes, but uh, Matt Murray, new Leafs goaltender, he mentioned his first signing bonus, spent the whole thing on a brand new Ford Raptor and whatnot. Why not? You know what? It, it, listen, I, I've seen guys be really stupid with their money. I've seen guys be really smart with their money. Again, not mentioning names, but he's another goaltender. I remember him signing a contract, and the first person he called was a financial advisor and says, how much money can or should I put away and how much can I keep uh, just to kind of spend? And that's that's the question that I think most hockey players or professional athletes should be asking instead of be like, oh, got $100,000? That's gone. I mean, Rory McIlroy tells a story about when he won his first tournament. The first thing he did is bought himself an expensive watch and then put the rest in the bank because it's unfortunate, but a lot of, a lot of players and athletes think that this money's just not going to stop. And, and we all know the stories of how many professional athletes have gone broke within a couple of years of their careers ending. And it, there just has to be a better education system in place for these guys to lean on, especially these young athletes at 18 years old getting handed a ton of money. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm turning 43 this year, and I, I couldn't even – I'm still dumb with my money. If you give me that kind of money when I'm 18, I probably would have been dead. <laughs> Dave, you're not supposed to tell people you're 43. I said you're young and lean at the beginning of the show. <laughs> it's all perception. The, uh, the first goal you mentioned, that wasn't Kippersoff. I know you, you mentioned a couple of good Kippersoff stories over the years over on, uh, on radio in the mornings. Uh, no, no, not uh, that wasn't a Kiprasov story, but there, but boy, yeah, I, I do have a couple of good ones from there. Um, Did, can they, we talk about Kiprasov story? I'm, I'm sorry, he was one of my favorite goalies growing up. I feel like there's nothing good out there about him. I've, I've heard countless stories from me over the years about Kiprasov. Why don't we do Kiprasov a couple more things, and then we'll, we'll cap off the podcast here. Okay, so I, so I had a buddy who had a cup of coffee with the, uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, and he tells this story. So I'm, can I'm, we, can I'm, we name drop him? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Jason Jaffrey, hell of a guy. Uh, he's actually uh, coaching his kids back in uh, back in Southern Alberta now, and he's uh, yeah, he's a good dude. I uh, went over and actually won a bunch of championships with the Red Bulls in Austria, and had a pretty good American League career. But he was uh, he had a cup of coffee with the Vancouver Canucks, and so this this is his story. So it's exhibition. They're they're in uh, Vancouver. Calgary's visiting. And, this is uh, the, the one. I'm, this is the one I was thinking about. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So sure. this is uh, so so they go to the Roxy after this exhibition game. And uh, for those that don't know, the Roxy is like the place to be. At least it, it was back in the day. I'm pretty sure it still is. And so the Flames are there. The Canucks are there. You know, all the to dos are there. And uh, Chad Kroger, lead singer of Nickelback, happens to be there. And so of course he's like, "Hey boys, whatever." They start partying this and that, and him and Mika Kiprasov end up uh, striking up a pretty good conversation, and they just get absolutely annihilated together. And Chad says, Mika, you got to come. You got to come back to my place just outside of van so we can play road hockey. And Mika Kippers says, sure, that sounds great. Let's go. And so off they go to Chad Kroger's mansion and they play uh, they play road hockey in his driveway until the wee hours of the morning. And it's to the point where the next morning everyone's showing up down in the lobby of the uh, of the hotel and uh, coach comes out and uh, where's uh, where's Kipper? Anyone seen Kipper? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, geez. I, I, I don't think anyone saw him come back to the hotel last night. So, so they're texting him. And they send him a text message. And they're like, Kipper, where are you, man? Like, the bus is going to leave here in about 15 minutes. He's like, I'll be there right away. He was actually getting helicoptered in from Chad Kroger's place. And there was a helicopter landing pad on the hotel across the street. So he landed, took the elevator all the way down across the street, sits down, looking all disheveled. Gets on the bus. Coach comes over and goes, hey, Kipper, late night last night. You okay? And Kipper goes, yeah, coach, I'm fine. And then proceeds to just vomit all down the front of his shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Partying with rock stars, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it yields. Oh, my God. That's an amazing story. And and he was such a quiet guy to the media. Like It almost felt like he was pretending he wouldn't know English. And and he's just a quiet, soft-spoken guy. Didn't want to be bothered. But then you mentioned stories like that. Like It's always those guys that are the absolute biggest party animals. And, I mean, you're hanging out with with Chad Kroger. I mean, you don't know you're going to be having a a good night, no? No, that's the story. That's a story you 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 tell for the rest of your life. I plan on telling it. It's not even my story. I've heard it. I've heard it a few times on the radio, and that's why I, I'm happy you told that one. I think too, the uh, the, the house that he had, with the the hockey rink in the basement. I think it sold for fifty. Was it fifty million? He sold the house for. It was a huge house where he had the whole basement turned into an indoor hockey rink. Jeepers, Murphy, that's incredible. My my, you know, you haven't heard about this before. No. Yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll rewind the story. So Chad Kruger, Nickelback lead singer, living in Vancouver, he buys his house. I can't remember what he paid for it, but. It's almost like the, uh, like the rock star song. I want a bathroom I can play baseball in. I think he took right. that too literally, and he and he literally said, "I want the basement of the house turned into an indoor hockey rink." I don't know if he was having a hard time playing shinny pickup with his buddies and not getting recognized, or what the idea was, or just had too much money. But whole basement turned into an indoor hockey rink, and I think he lived there for like a good five, eight, maybe ten years, whatever it was. And I think he recently sold it. I think he sold it maybe two years ago. Might have been 2020. Did he, did, did he actually put it in an ice rink, or was it more of that synthetic ice that you can skate on? Because that I haven't would seen be... video. It, but from the the picture, it looked like a legitimate like ice rink with the Zamboni, with the ice plant, everything in the basement, which is why it was so much money and why you ended up selling the house for what it was. Because you That's had the whole incredible. I'm just trying to think of the the civil engineering on that, and then to, well, I guess Madison Square Gardens on the fifth floor, or the hockey rink's on the fifth floor of Madison Square Garden, so it's doable. I just I wonder in that climate, huh? That's interesting because he lives up uh, close to the mountains too. So even just to dig and get down that deep because you'd, you'd want probably 20 foot, at least 20, 25 foot ceiling, right? Yeah, I'm thinking 25. Um, 
I, yeah, I, th- I would think at least, assuming you don't have like a jumbotron or anything in the middle to kind of yeah. get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, imagine look, the jumbotron a- six feet up off the ice. <laughs> You you can imagine. Uh, I mean, it's a lot easier if you're an NBA guy because I know you know. Listen, Kobe Bryant had his own gym. LeBron James has his own gym. A lot of these NBA guys build their own gyms and their own full court, sometimes half court in in their houses. But hockey rings a different level. Like that's a different level. We all build like, one outside in the wintertime, but jeez, indoors in Vancouver, where the weather whether we're talking winter or summer does not accommodate at all building the rink and also i'm thinking too he would have had to hire somebody on a full-time salary like just to maintain it like the ice keeper for making sure the ice plant nothing nothing bad happens with that um maybe we'll finish this one i ever tell you the time i probably haven't but uh i actually worked as a zamboni driver in winnipeg uh, for about nine months at a place that will remain nameless for uh, insurance purposes but so <laughs> so i i work as a zamboni driver and i was like the the assistant to the head guy so i was kind of like the meathead and uh one of the the best tricks in the books. The Zamboni was like a propane powered Zamboni. So you have two propane tanks. The one propane tank runs out. You hear it. You hear it putter go, and then you change the uh, propane tank, and then it fires up the second tank. You finish the uh, the flood, and you change the tanks after. Well, obviously, I'm not the full time guy. I'm paid by the hour. The other guy is paid salary. So I'm looking for any way to try to milk out the time that I'm there to maybe create some more uh, issues where I can stay there longer and get paid for. So end of the night. Uh, my one propane tank runs out, change to the other one. I finish up the last flood. I do not change the propane tank. So when the, the head guy comes in the next morning, he's going to have one propane tank. It's going to empty, and then he's going to have nothing, and it's going to stall in the middle of the ice. So I come in around, I guess, 11 or noon, and I guess this is at the time when, funny enough, the propane tank emptied. So it empties. You see the, the Zamboni stall, and then he's slowly sinking into the ice, just just ever so slightly sinking into the ice. And I guess he sees me in a lobby, and he, I could see him cussing and yelling at me because he knew, obviously, I was the one who, who set him up for this, right? And because the Zamboni is leaving hot water on the ice, it sinks in, I think, probably about a good, I'm going to say four inches, maybe four oh, to five no. inches into the ice. And then oh, the cloth no. ends up sticking and all this kind of stuff. So ended up having to, to fix that. And yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, to get paid by the hour, it was a good day. If you were on salary, it was not a good day. Wow! Wow! I well, that's almost reminiscent of the um uh what was what was in the pro league when the one of the the, the Pistons went or the uh, no it was it was the coolant and it was red and it looked like there was just blood spilling out like look like look like somebody jumped in the augers of of the of the ice machine and was just getting spit out Fargo style out the back. Yeah, that was in San Jose, I believe. Yeah, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's a it's a, listen. A lot of people don't they think driving an ice machine is is easy. There's a, there's a skill to it. There's a skill. You all, you constantly see those guys pumping stuff back and forth, like you said, turning dials. It's a, it's like a, I'm not gonna say it's like flying an airplane, but there's a lot of uh, it's very intricate work. To be good, to just get mm-hmm. by and get paid, you know, thirteen. Actually, I think I was fifteen bucks an hour at that point in time. Bare minimum effort. Drive straight, turn right, refill the water every two to three floods, and, and you're good to go. I, I will tell you this. I did find out this. Uh, so my superior Zamboni driver, he told me one day, he's like, do, do me a favor, try to stop bumping into the boards. You're going to wreck the boards. Like every time when we like reset them every year, I was like, Hmm. Okay. So he heads home and I, after hours, I'm finishing up the flood. It's usually like a double flood to finish the night. And I thought, what would happen if I just rammed the Zamboni into the boards? I, I actually was curious about this. So I'm, I'm going like at Zamboni speeds, which would have been about maybe five kilometers an hour. And I just went head on <laughs> into the boards, like the Titanic heading into an iceberg and Bang! It just like bounces back right off the boards. Like I guess maybe they put the boards in really good, but the Zamboni went and it just backed right up while the tires were still spinning forward. And I, I said to the the heads guy the next day, I said, 
I don't think bumping in the boards is that big of an issue. Nothing really happens. Eh? And then I, I told him what had happened. He's like, you idiot. You can't do that. I said, well, I did do that. <laughs> it's amazing you kept that job. Nine, nine months. Nine months. I'm not, I would go grocery shopping in between floods. Everything but work. There was one time the, the tranny actually did blow on the Zamboni driver. Or on the Zam- not on the Zamboni driver, on the Zamboni. And I called the head guy. I was like, hey, so there's red fluid, or I think it was red and there was blue fluid coming out of both sides. I said, what do you want me to do? He's like, no matter what you do, do not start the Zamboni. I said, can I back it up? No, do not start it. Wow. So, life of a Zamboni driver there. Funny, but, funny enough, something else we have in common. I worked in a uh, hockey rink where, where I played out of in my uh, minor hockey when I was playing AAA. Uh, me and, uh, funny enough, one of our goaltenders, uh, we, we managed to get a summer job there. It's doing maintenance, painting pipes above the rink and doing general maintenance, fixing up railing, stairs, all that kind of stuff. And, and keep in mind, again, this is in Fort McMurray. We're Sincrude and Suncor, and there's a lot of guys making good money. I remember Morris, Newfoundland gentleman, he comes running at us one day. He's like, boys, boys, settle down slow down we're like what's going on we're making good progress he's like boys there's guys sitting out there at Syncrude right now playing cribbage they're playing cards and they're making $50 an hour I'm paying you minimum wage slow down <laughs> so he was the exact he's like no no take breaks relax chill it's all good you don't get paid enough to care you just get paid to show up right exactly exactly well and again isn't that what uh, what this whole conversation is about is uh, what are you getting paid for are you getting paid to show up and stop pucks or to score goals and what do you, what is your worth what kind of value what kind of value are you bringing to the table at the end of the day i mean stopping pucks good attitude and uh well i've got well i've got an interesting question for you as, as we get closer to to, to winding this down because i know you got you're you're a busy guy and you probably got to go work out again for the eighth time today but um do you think that all of the social media stuff that you do and your YouTube uh, channel and, and, and the podcast and everything, do you think that teams look at that and go, that's a benefit for us? I think the smart teams do. And I think, honest to God, I think COVID has changed that so much because before COVID, I had it, it felt like every head coach and every organization told me that was stupid. Don't bring the cameras at the ring. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. But now that, that these these organizations, these teams, and these coaches are, I don't want to say bankrupt, but pretty close and pretty desperate to kind of make their money back because they've had two years of having no fans or whatever the case was, they're willing to try anything. And they say, can you please do a video? I'm begging you. Bring out all the cameras. Like, please. And from on my end of things, I like it because I like to be creative. I, like it, It's very soothing to me to, to be able to put together a really cool video that kind of shows a story and kind of... It's just visually appealing, but also it, it has changed my life in, in regards to like giving me opportunities and also some flexibility to take chances that I never would have been able to because uh, like we talked about earlier in the show, like in my neck of the woods, we're talking about making $125 a week, 500 a month. And you can't, I mean, yeah, it's great during the season, but like, you can't really do much with that. Like you realistically have to live at home in mom's basement for, you know, six months, five months out of the year probably work a job in the summer and then you come back for hockey season but having youtube and having the podcast to provide me with a couple extra bucks to you know fly to different places for different tryouts and different opportunities has really helped me take my i guess my career to the next level and and i think showcase myself to teams that i can play i can help you i can put asses in the seats and, and i know like with the with the team that, that i've signed the contract with by the way um haven't mentioned this so the team is called the motor city rockers in detroit tell me that is not the best name of any pro hockey team out there motor city rockers they got a kick-ass logo and uh our arena the home arena is called the big boy arena like what an amazing name amazing team amazing ring doesn't get much better 
It's um, a good logo too. It looks like Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, so you're, you're looking at it right now with the guitar yeah. turning into the hockey stick? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, the, so they haven't announced the jerseys publicly. I have seen the jerseys. Dave, I'm telling you, like this is probably going to be the best-dressed team in the league. And the coach also mentioned that we only play rock music during the games, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, whatever. We don't play pop, country, rap. It's only rock, only metal music. And I was thinking, like, my haircut would fit perfectly. My, my Cobain tribute mask that, that I've been doing the last couple of years in a row fit perfectly. What if I just got, like, a... Like a leather, like a leather biker jacket or something, and just came into the rink like that on on game nights. That'd be a just a, like a good eighties. Like maybe some tight leather pants. I'm getting too far carried away here, but um, oh, get excited, man! Absolutely, get excited. Well, okay, so it, it kind of looks like a cross. Honestly, it looks like a cross between the Calgary Hitman logo from the WHL and the cover of Brutal Legend, that video game that Jack Black did. That's the best I can, way I can describe how this logo looks. I, I think maybe if, if you're a little younger and you ever play Guitar Hero three. Like you know, like the the fat guy with the black hair, that character, it's him mixed with a Hitman logo. It's a dude like I don't know if maybe shredding on guitar, but he's playing like a flying. V. I think it's a flying V guitar. Is it a flying V? It's or is a, it an explorer. It looks like a modified. Yeah, it looks like a Gibson. But hey, they, you know they probably made it look very ambiguous. I'm telling you, man, that's a good logo. It's a good look, and and the. Dave, I'm telling you, the third jersey. I like the the home and the away, but the third jersey is going to look so great. I, I got a I got a couple ideas for the mask plan this year, but I, I think it's going to be a great look. Um, we're we talking about yes, we we're talking about uh, the, the YouTube side of things. Like the team has already talked about like like what are we going to do for videos? How can you use your vlog and your podcast to help bring people to the rink? Well, funny enough, so I think 60% of my audience everywhere, especially on YouTube, is U.S. based, and of that, the two biggest states that, that I have a following in are New York. In Michigan, I'm signed to play in Detroit. Like it's a match made in heaven as far as like bringing people to the games. Like I've had so many people message me on Instagram. Hey, I saw the signing. Hey, I saw this. Obviously, I'm not talking about it publicly yet. Um, but yeah, just so much potential, I think. And, and the team sees that. A lot of other teams may not see that, but hopefully, we can change some people's minds that there is a way to do this the right way to bring some good positive um, attention to the team pump everybody up in the community, get people coming to the games um, and just do it in a fun way. Get people excited and also get me excited because this stuff makes me excited. Like we were just talking about with the leather pants, the jean jacket, whatever it may be, the long hair, the mullet, the, the Cobain mask, the new one for the season. All this stuff has got me really, really, really excited. And I'll tell you right now, I'm ready to start the season. I've, I think I've been home for a little bit too long. <laughs> when, do you, when, when do you ship out? Um, so I'm supposed to go to Vancouver in two weeks to see my goalie coach for two and a half weeks, but might have to make some changes to that because I was, I was supposed to fly to Europe uh, August 30th, but if there's no European offer, then that doesn't matter anymore. Now we got to change the plans for camp, which is going to be, I think, October 3rd. But uh, I think I'm going to be reporting for September 27th or 28th. Actually, this is actually a good note to leave you on. So um, for me to get to Detroit, the, the most common route would be to fly Winnipeg, Toronto, Toronto to Detroit. I don't want to fly. Um, just I, I had an experience. Because you don't want to lose your hockey gear? That that's a story we'll get into in a second. So my last two endeavors in Toronto, nine and a six hour delay at Pearson. I don't want that. Uh, my boy Eric Portillo, he was on on the previous version of the podcast, and he went to Sabres development camp, and um, so he uses like my Traspec Pro laces, like like the the toe dies that I use. And I saw him using the skate laces, and I messaged him. I was like, dude, what's going on? Like, why aren't you using the Traspecs? He's like, bro, they lost my gear. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, the airline, they lost all my gear. It was in, I think he mentioned it was in London. It's like, did you fly through London? He's like, no, I didn't even go to London. So somehow all of his gear is in London. He's in Buffalo, and the team had to buy him brand new gear. So 
I don't, I don't want to have that happen. So I don't want to fly Air Canada or out of Pearson. So I was like, okay, well, what if I take the train? Well, the train from Toronto to Buff or to Detroit is about a two-day milk run around New York and then Buffalo. Gross. Uh, I don't know about that. I was like, okay, well, what about if I was able to get myself from uh, Toronto to Windsor and then just get picked up at the border? So I, I, I talked to some people in the team, and there's, there's some people that have made certain uh, personal choices, me- medical choices. Uh, and they're like, well, dude, we can't come over the border. We're not allowed. I was like, what if I walked over the border? Like if I got my ass to the Windsor border, I got like a red wagon or something. I put my bag, my suitcase, and I just walked over the border and got picked up. That would be great for TV. I know Dave and I were talking about this on FaceTime the other night, but I, I don't know what other options. Maybe fly Winnipeg to Minneapolis to Detroit. But The best part just, is you're going to ask the TSA or the, 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 the border agent say, listen, would you mind putting a camera on the other side of the border so I can get a shot of me walking? This, like get them, get them to be like your full production team. It'll be great. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll love that. You just want to be in my video? What kind? <laughs> oh, by the way, don't forget border agents have zero sense of humor. Oh, I put... I, I pulled up to a border agent one time traveling over the border to go down to North Dakota. And the guy says, uh, where are you from? And I said, originally my mom. Is that the kind of day it's going to be today? I was like, well, I am sorry. It is early. I do a morning radio show and comedy is my thing. I am from Winnipeg. I am very sorry. Wow. I, I can picture you saying that too. And, and the guy has like uh, like the sunglasses, the, the kind of look on it says, uh, just pull around the corner, sir, and just come inside if you don't mind. Like no yeah. personality at all. These guys are such... Such stiffos. And like some of the questions they ask, too, are just absolutely ridiculous. Now, another good one. There's, there's an SUV of us. I'm driving, and we're heading from Winnipeg to Fargo to grab a plane from Fargo to Las Vegas. And we get to the border crossing, and all of them got a stack of passports and hands them over. She goes, where are you heading? I said, Fargo, Fargo, Vegas. And she goes, uh, what's your business in Vegas? And I looked at her. I said, is that a serious question? <laughs> and she just kind of smirked. She handed back the passport. She said, have a great time. Drive safe. <laughs> oh, there you go. Somebody has some yeah. personality in the, the TSA these days. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I, I just want to say, uh, Dave, thank you so much for, for doing this with me. I know it was a little bit short notice, and I know you got a million and one better things to do than, than do a podcast with me, but I appreciate you coming on, man. It was, it, it was fun to have you on today. I look forward to being on again. Hit me up anytime. You got it. And as far as uh, the regular people listening, um, I believe new episodes every Sunday. I think I'm going to stick around the noontime. I'm uh, going to confirm that probably in the next episode. Um, some changes I still got to make to the uh, YouTube channel, to the, the Instagram, all that kind of stuff, the social media for the, the podcast will be fixed soon. Um, thank you so much to everybody for listening to this new, the new Sling the Biscuit episode one, season two, episode one, I guess it was. By the way, Dave, we were uh, on with my previous host, we were 66 episodes. We were three away from episode 69. You and I are going to have to do about a year and a half work, worth of work to get back to because episode 69. It's hilarious. <laughs> Pick the number 69. <laughs> <laughs> That's my friend, Doug. Great movie, great movie. There's actually a, a wonderful actor in that movie that plays the uh, the sportscaster. You should go check it out if you haven't seen it. I know. Dave, Dave was in the movie, by the way. If you, if you see Dave's face in the video version, look on Goon, on the Goon movie Goon. They filmed a lot of the stuff in Winnipeg, and he was one of the sportscasters on there. You got a gay son and a stupid son. Stupid, <laughs> gay, gay, stupid. You see this, Dad? <laughs> Thank you, everybody, and have a great night. We'll see you next Sunday.